We're on the record. I'm Sheila Cass. Good morning. Representation is powerful. When there's no one, no role model who looks like you, sounds like you, or acts like you, it's easy to feel isolated, like you don't belong, and aren't welcome. That scenario plays out in education, as noted in a recent article published by our news collaborator, The Baltimore Banner, where education reporter Kristen Griffith lays out facts about Maryland schools. She writes, quote, one-third of Maryland students are black, but just 20% of their teachers are. And furthermore, black students are more likely to graduate and go to college if they have a black teacher, yet thousands don't have one at all, close quote. In a few minutes, we'll hear from a black teacher who found support and stayed, and from others whose best option was to leave the system. Griffith's article, Black Teachers Are Leaving, How Can Maryland Schools Get Them to Stay?, was produced with support from the Education Writers Association Reporting Fellowship. Kristen Griffith is here to talk about what she's learned. Welcome back to On the Record, Kristen. Hi, thanks for having me. What are the reasons black teachers in Maryland are leaving? So there's a few themes that popped up when I interviewed a bunch in the state. Um, A big one is, uh, as you mentioned, lack of support, uh, lack of having a mentor, uh, also feeling isolated, uh, not having someone in the school building who looks like them, someone they can relate to, as well as the certification process that is difficult to navigate and has been a reason why a lot of teachers, regardless of race, have left the teaching profession. Yeah, I want to get into the certification process a bit more in a few minutes. Are white teachers leaving too? Yes. So the interest in the teaching profession has been low in these past few years. Um, So we are, a lot of us, aware of this teacher shortage that's happening across the country. Are Latino teachers leaving also? They are. Um, It's also one of the populations that has a high rate. Um, And it it is uh, close to the rate of black teachers leaving. What did you find out about where teachers go when they leave teaching? So a lot of them leave the profession completely. Um, Some have told me that they uh, went from being a a teacher to wanting to be promoted and and, and going uh, to a a system that gave them that that promotion. Um, So lack of opportunities is another reason that came up um, for advancement. So are many of them then moving to other school systems? Some, yeah, some of them move to other school systems. They bounce around from school system to school system. Is it a new trend that black teachers are leaving more than their white colleagues? I don't think it's a new trend, no. Um, I think getting black people interested in teaching has been a struggle uh, for a while, and experts or researchers point to the uh, civil rights era or um, the segregation when segregation started, or excuse me, integration started, uh, as as what kind of kicked off this lack of interest. Um, to give you a little more details, and, and you can read more about it in my story. Uh, Which, of course, we will link to. Right. Uh, they, um, it, they say that when black teachers, uh, they used to only teach black students. When black students and white students started coming together, they didn't want black teachers teaching that integrated class. And some even point to this national 
test, this exam, this teacher licensure exam, uh, as uh, a way to purposely get rid of black teachers. Um, so, yeah, it, it's not a new trend at all. This is On the Record. I'm Sheila Cass speaking with Baltimore Banner education reporter Kristen Griffith. I want to bring Wallace Lane into the conversation. Lane is a Baltimore Banner creative in residence. He's a poet, writer, author, and former teacher. He spoke to Griffith about his experience for her article, Black Teachers Are Leaving, How Can Maryland Schools Get Them to Stay? Welcome to the show, Wallace. Glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Wallace, you taught in Baltimore City public schools. What drew you to teaching? Well, I, uh, first I want to start by saying I had a very non-traditional route uh, in the teaching field. Um, I graduated from uh, Cotton State University, and uh, lo and behold, in my heart, I've always had uh, the interest to mentor youth in Baltimore City, especially, you know, being from where I'm from, the neighborhoods that I'm from, um, the places that I lived in, in the city, I always wanted to relate to our students. So that that was kind of like the motivating factor for me to, you know, stay in urban education. Um, so immediately after graduating, um, I uh, went into uh, the Department of Juvenile Justice Services, where I worked in several res- residential treatment centers, and I mentored a lot of uh, youth, at-risk youth, around the city. Um, I was very, very young uh, in that field, um, and I I found out that it wasn't just for me, so I wanted to impact the youth uh, more. So I I didn't just want to do that from the standpoint of, um, uh, in in education we have uh, climate and support, um, and these are people that are uh, classroom managers. So I had the classroom management, but I always was a thinker. So uh, I got into education that way. So that was that was another motivating factor for me. And what, what did you teach? Uh, so I taught uh, English, English, creative writing. Um, writing is my passion. As you mentioned, I'm a creative resident at the Baltimore Banner. So writing has always been my passion. And ultimately you left teaching. What happened? Oh, there were uh, several factors that played a part in, in me making that decision to leave, uh, but the main factor was the certification process. Talk about that. Um, so, uh, as I mentioned, I graduated college, and uh, I worked at a residential treatment center. What was your college major? Uh, my college major was uh, criminal justice. So okay. I, I didn't. I never planned to be a teacher. It never crossed my mind. Uh, all I ever realized was that I wanted to connect with the youth. Um, and... Uh, and so you needed certification. What did that mean? So I was issued a uh, conditional certification uh, twice. Uh, one time I wasn't even aware that I was uh, issued a conditional certification. Um, and this was, this was while I was working at uh, the residential treatment center. You know, me being young at the time, me being misinformed, uh, me being eager. Um and, that, and that's another reason why I wanted to uh, work with the youth, because I, I just feel like, you know, uh, especially being a first generation college student in Baltimore City, uh, we're, we're taught to, you know, just go to college, go to college, do the right things and go this way, go that way. And um, it kind of damaged me in a sense. Um, and so uh, long story short, I was issued my conditional certification twice. In other words, you thought you had a permanent certification. You didn't know you were going to have to go through more classes? No, I didn't. I didn't. And, and you know, this uh, again, uh, th- there was a disconnect with MSDE. There was a disconnect. The state mm-hmm. education department. The state education department. Um, 
it, even, you know, scheduling meetings. Um, I remember at one point uh, I eagerly went to uh, the district just to, you know, find some solutions or find some answers. And uh, that became what, you know, what, what you would think would be a, uh, a day process that became several months just of hearing no answers. So uh, it was just a big overall frustration around my certification process. And so now I understand from Kristen's article, some teachers teach uncertified. Yes, um, a lot of teachers, um, if you have a conditional certification, you are not a fully certified teacher. And during the 2021-2022 school year, uh, I think it was like 3,500 teachers in Maryland had this conditional certification that Wallace is talking about. Um, And a lot of those people are black teachers and the process of getting there and navigating it so they can get those certifications is not easy. And what's being done about that? I will say that uh, around the time my story was publishing, the state board, I should say, voted on um, uh, pathways that should make it easier. I'm still unclear on what that difference is, but at this moment, they allowed people to renew twice and after a PG County school leader message, the s- former state superintendent that she was losing hundreds because of this, they then said you can have your conditional certification for an additional two years. So you can have your certification now for six years, conditional certification. So mm-hmm. that doesn't make the getting the certification part easier. In fact, it sounds like it delays it. Wallace, would you consider returning to the classroom if a pathway to certification became clear? Well, I'm, it, well, first, uh, you know, that's a lot to think about, um, <laughs> considering that it, it took a lot for me to make the, t- the decision to leave the classroom. But um, the children uh, or, or the students or our learners, um, our children, they're my motivating factor. Um, so, you know, even if I was not to go back into the classroom, I still had my hands involved in, you know, Uh, mentoring and teaching and creating workshops around the city for our youth. Kristen, zoom out for me. I mean, briefly, what's being done to create incentives, not just certification, but other incentives for more black teachers to stay in the classroom? So I will say that um, Maryland has a program students can take that allows them to study education in high school called the Teachers Academy. Um, But there's also initiatives done um, within different districts. For instance, Worcester County, a principal there started what she calls Race to Teach, where they are actually pointing to Uh, students of color and getting them them interested in the job. And through that, they have partnerships with their uh, nearby university like Salisbury and University of Maryland Eastern Shore, which is an HBCU, uh, to get them um, to even take classments, kind of like a dual enrollment sort of situation, as I understand it. Um, So there are are ways to be aggressive about it. And then, of course, there's the uh, Blueprint for Maryland's Future education reform legislation uh, that one of their uh, many initiatives within that is to um, elevate the teaching profession. Um, 
whether that's giving more leadership opportunities to teachers. So I mentioned before reasons why black teachers leave is because they don't have those opportunities for growth and leadership. And um, raising the starting salary, we're seeing that already taking place in a few local districts, um, so raising it officially to 60000 uh, for for new teachers. Um, so I'm sure that that will help as well. Um, and uh, although the blueprint mentions the importance of having diverse teachers, I'm, I haven't yet seen what specific measures they're going to put in place that specifically address teachers of color. A lot to pay attention to. Thank you both for talking about it. Thank you. Thank you. Kristen Griffith is an education reporter at the Baltimore Banner. Wallace Lane is a Baltimore Banner creative in residence, a poet, writer, author, and former teacher. We have a link to Griffith's article at the On the Record page at WYPR.org. Quick break. On the Record Run, we're back two teachers, one who received the support she needs to stay in the classroom and one who didn't. I'm Sheila Cass. Stay with us. I'm Katherine Collinson. And I'm Mihaela Vince. In upcoming episodes of Clear Path, Your Roadmap for Life, we'll discuss ways to catch up on retirement savings and the importance of self-care. Tune in to WYPR's website and mobile app, all major podcast platforms, and transamericainstitute.org. Welcome back to On the Record. I'm Sheila Cast. We're talking today about a recent article in the Baltimore Banner. It's titled, Black Teachers Are Leaving. How Can Maryland Schools Get Them to Stay? We just heard from Banner education reporter Kristen Griffith about what she discovered and from one of her Banner colleagues who left teaching. Joining us now via Zoom are two teachers who spoke to Griffith about their experiences. Michelle Early is a business teacher at Walkersville High School in Frederick County. Welcome to On the Record, Michelle. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me here. And also with us is Danielle Ferentino. She was an English teacher at Baltimore City Charter School, Kip Ujima Village Academy. Welcome, Danielle. Thank you so much for having me. Danielle, how long were you a teacher with Kip Academy? Um, I taught all the way up until right before spring break. I had planned on um, actually leaving right at spring break and then did not finish because of a fight that took place. Yeah, I, 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 I know from Kristen Griffith's story that you got a concussion breaking up that fight, but how long total? Just that first year was my first year teaching at KIPP. And what factored into your decision to leave? <laughs> um, multiple things, actually. Um, I the students were never an issue. I, I think the students are never an issue in most schools. It was the way the administrators handled teachers, handled students, um, the culture of the environment, um, the lack of support. Um, just to name a few things, it it just wasn't physically safe. It wasn't emotionally safe. It wasn't mentally safe. It just was an unsafe 
building to be in. Um, and I had to prioritize my safety and being able to mother and parent when I when I got home and to be able to be a partner when I got home. And that just wasn't, that environment wasn't sustainable for that. Michelle, how long have you been teaching? This is actually my third year as teacher of record. However, it's my seventh year with the school district. Michelle, you're part of an organization called the Frederick County Teachers Association's Diversity Ambassadors Program. What is that? The DAP, Diversity Ambassadors Program, is an amazing opportunity for stu- for teachers of color to be able to come together and workshop together, fellowship together, so that we're able to share ideas, get to know one another better, and provide a support system for one another as we're navigating the district. Tell me a bit more about how that support system for each other shows up. It shows up in many ways, starting with... I guess you can say the bare basics. We come together to have social events. And we also, we actually have an event coming up on the 22nd of this month where we are getting together to talk about racial social justice. And we're inviting our MSEA current president, Cheryl Bose, to be able to come out and talk to us and continue to get us engaged. So everything that we do in Diversity Ambassadors Program allows us to have people around us who may not necessarily be at our schools, but they look like us. They think like us. We have some of the same experiences and backgrounds, or if not, we're able to bring our differences together so that we can form a unit to help one another stay in our district. How has Diversity Ambassadors affected your work as a teacher? I will say it's what kept me in the classroom. When I started in the district, I started as a substitute and then I was a long-term sub and I left and came back, left and came back. So I wasn't familiar with that. But when I did become a teacher, this was something that was referred to me and that helped me to A, connect with other educators, both in my building and outside of my building. And connecting with those educators, I was able to find strategies to help me survive in the classroom because you don't know what you don't know when you are a new teacher and I'm in depth with seasoned seasoned educators and they're able to share tidbits for them and how to navigate working with a population that does not look like me I'm originally from Baltimore so when I went to school Everyone in my classroom looked like me. My teachers, for the most part, looked like me. But I didn't see that, and I don't see that here in Frederick County. So DAP helped me to come together and be able to learn how to navigate everything that I'm seeing, especially classroom behavior, which was a big thing for me to learn in my first year of teaching. That's Michelle Early, a business teacher at Walkersville High School in Frederick County. On the record on WIPR, I'm Sheila Cast. Also with us is Danielle Ferentino, a former English teacher at Kip Ujima Village Academy in Baltimore City. We're talking about their very different experiences as black educators. Danielle, what would it take for you to consider going back into the classroom? So I taught online for two years after my experience at KIPP. So just to clarify, KIPP, I only taught for a year at KIPP or less than a year, but I've this is my sixth year as an educator. And I that was a such a hard experience for me. And it did 
a lot of damage on my mental health. And so I, I taught online. I wanted to still be an educator because that is my passion. Um, teaching is something that comes natural to me. And I was a student who I can name every teacher I've ever had because teachers played such a major role in who I became in shaping me. And so I know that that's what I want to do. However, that experience um, was so traumatic. I didn't think I could go back into a classroom. So I taught for two years online and I enjoyed the safety of that. But then I really started to miss the classroom experience and running a classroom and being in person with students and, and just the energy that comes from that. And so I'm dabbling at the moment in being in a classroom. I'm, I'm tutoring English, 10th grade English, three days a week. And it's really just a test, like testing the waters to see what that looks like, what that feels like, if it feels safe um, mentally and physically, what the culture looks like in the schools that I'm working with. And so I've been doing that for a while now, and it, it does feel different. I, I feel different in the situations in the schools that I'm working with. And so I think it's going to take rebuilding trust in the system, and that is currently what I'm working on. And am I right that you just earned a master's in trauma-informed education? Yes, I just finished my master's in trauma-informed education, which is something I think um, was absolutely lacking in city schools, is that we have such a high population of students who um, who deal with high volumes of trauma, and our, our teachers are not all trauma-informed. We're not prioritizing social-emotional learning, and we have students who are dealing with their own trauma who are then, we have teachers who are um, experiencing vicarious trauma because of the students and then everyone is just triggering each other back and forth and if you don't have the skills and the knowledge to understand the way trauma manifests in a classroom you won't be able to handle it and I saw that so clearly over and over again that I actually switched um, the education program that I was in I was you know doing a regular education program and realize like this doesn't apply to black and brown students this isn't helping the students that I'm teaching. And so I left the program and went and found a program that actually was rooted in trauma-informed practices. And so that is where my heart is, that's my passion, is really making sure that educators are trauma-informed and that the priorities are social-emotional learning. Michelle, what would, what would you like school administrators to know to keep black teachers supported so they'll remain in the classroom? I think the greatest thing for administrators to know is that if we don't feel like we have a support system, and this is personally speaking, if we don't have a support system, we don't thrive as well as other ethnicities may. And again, I don't want to speak for everyone. I am a graduate of an HBCU. I'm also a graduate of two predominantly white institutions and there is a difference. There is a difference from an HBCU which is able to provide that love and that comfort and that family that you need versus a PWI. And I mentioned that because when you have that support system that's with you, it helps to encourage you and help you feel as though you can do anything. Again, I'm really blessed that I feel in my district I have had that support I have never felt 
in my three years as a classroom teacher or my time prior to that, I have never felt isolated. I have never felt as though I didn't have a support system of people around me and that I didn't have administrators who listened and who cared. But that's the biggest thing. I think you need to have that in order to find success. Danielle, what about you? What would you want administrators to understand? I think for me, um, I would want administrators to understand that we have to be um, people over profit. I think often teachers are stuck teaching to test. um, And often I feel like it's always about profit over people. And it, it backs teachers into corners where you know, you're trying to meet these requirements, so you have to overlook certain things. You can't teach foundational skills, which a lot of students are lacking, and you can't teach backwards, which students need to go backwards sometimes in order to move forward. And so there are all these rules that you're supposed to follow, but in following the rules, you're actually doing a disservice to students. So, you know, no child left behind actually left all children behind. And there just needs to be a, a revamping and of the entire system. And administrators know this, but they fail to do much about it. And so I think if they got back to understanding that um, we have to put humanity before money, that a lot would change. I'm grateful to both of you for this conversation. You've given us a lot to think about. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Michelle Early is a business teacher at Walkersville High School in Frederick County. Danielle Ferentino, a former English teacher at Kipujima Village Academy in Baltimore, earned a master's degree in trauma-informed education last month. She plans to work in Baltimore City Schools. We've been talking about their very different experiences as black educators. At the On the Record page at WIPR.org, we have a link to the Baltimore Banner article in which they told their stories. It's headlined, Black teachers are leaving. How can Maryland schools get them to stay? I'm Sheila Cast. Glad you're with us on the record. Come back tomorrow. <laughs>